It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to another get-together where we will talk about everything in the world and the idea is to move things ahead and give us a uh, lighting of the candle, uh, stepping off into a world that works. So I'm Bill Carell, and I appreciate that you're here today. Uh, we may have one more guest coming to join us a little bit later on, and if not, we're going to get into this conversation and have some fun. So uh, we we're talking just a little bit before we got started here and to kind of set things up. Who's had some things that were not going their way uh, a lot lately? All right, good. So I'll tell you what, we're going to let you kick off, Shelly, and introduce yourself and tell us what's going on in your world. Ah, thank you. Shelly Kohler. Um, Advocate for everything business, um, seeker of balance and truth. And my world is actually going really well, um, albeit, you know, sometimes bittersweet, uh, sometimes emotional. Um, it is going really well, and uh, I can get into that a little bit later as to why. I'll stick around. <laughs> That sounds great. Uh, Lisa, how about you? Well, as I shared with Bill earlier, I managed to back into my own garage this weekend, which was not a fun surprise <laughs> at all. And it was kind of like the culmination of a week of emotional battering. <laughs> so it kind of uh, put the exclamation point on it. And it's nothing that I could put like a, it's no spe one specific thing. It's just dealing with people, trying to figure out how to deal with people on a better level or a, just wondering when to speak up and when to shut up <laughs> is more the point, I think. You know what? <laughs> I think you do what you do and deal with whatever happens, you know, just, just, in terms of who you've been speaking with, is there like a generic description of the types of conversations? Are we, are we talking about 
<laughs> folks at the market? Are we talking about folks that you're, you know, working with for production of your, uh, for your broadcast? What sort of well, things are you coming it, it, with? It, it's family and close, close associates. So um, it's just, I think my tendency is to take things personally and I don't know how to step away from that really well, apparently. <laughs> and it just, uh, it reared its ugly head this, this whole past week. So, and that's what I mean. I don't know when to speak up or shut up when, you know, what's the difference between um, being nice and being a doormat, you know, that kind of situation. So you are 100% judge, jury, and executioner on all, on all points. Mm-hmm. And so the, I guess, you know, uh, not that you're asking for a prescription. Uh, however, when you make a, uh, you know, a statement to somebody and elevate yourself from whatever feeling that you just had, the conversation can go someplace else, potentially. If you kind of, you know, are worried that you'll make things worse than they already are, then my advice to you would be count on yourself to get through it. And just, you know, do, do it in such a way that you don't quit until everybody's happy and satisfied to leave the situation or you agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the uh, I would never consider you to be somebody who might who might be a doormat. Uh, Ken, you missed a very interesting intro here. Let's welcome Ken Caputo. And Lisa is uh, sharing with us a couple of things that happened to her. Uh, well, the, you know, kind of the high point of it physically was she backed into her garage door with her, her Jeep, uh, made a little bit of a mess there and family got involved. And then we were talking about other conversations that she had last week that didn't go so well. You know, and sometimes she was concerned about when to say something and when, when not to. And I guess that's really kind of the human condition, isn't it? There are people yeah. that are that have an unexamined life that just whatever is on their mind, you hear about it. And, you know, a little bit of them goes a long way sometimes. Uh, and then there's other people that if your leg was on fire and they could see it and you couldn't, they might not, you know, might not want to upset you by telling you your leg is on fire, right? Yeah. So just the experience of last week. Um, and how is this week going so far? Are we having a continuation of, of that sort of vibe, Lisa, or, or are things, you know, moving in a different direction for you? Well, I think because it's a short week, you know, it feels different anyhow. So today, you know, and I have, I do delve into other practices and, and such, so it gets me out of it. So, you know, effortless mindfulness is one of my latest discoveries even though he's been around for a long time and the practice has been around for a long time but um so that kind of drops me out of my physical and into my awareness <laughs> it's kind of kind of interesting i'll tell you in a minute what i was thinking about talking about today and we'll see if it has any kind of resonance with anyone else out there Ken, you want to say hello and introduce yourself we are recording hi i'm ken and i'm just happy to be here <laughs> Yes, you are. And so, uh, what is your state of being at the moment? Uh, mine? Uh, present. Yeah, present and listening. Excellent. So, it's been a kind of an interesting week and a half for me too, Lisa. And the challenge, I know, is the, the one of, of regarding self as an object and as opposed to self as a, uh, you know, a construct 
that is ongoingly upgraded in every time that I, I start over and laugh at myself. So uh, a couple of really smart people that I, I read is this, the distinction between the undistinguished self, which is a small s, and that's the self that you refer to you as, as a stationary, uh, unchanging, how you are type of person, all that, you know, those, the jargonisms, uh, to, to another one that's uh, always questioning, uh, which the, the questioning leads to a, a uh, ground under repair, under construction self, which is a capital S. And it's a, it's a proper noun uh, because it is a, a, a construct that is intentional. It is something that, that it is not there accidentally or because other people said some things to you and that's, that's where you're stuck. So I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but one of the things that I was wondering was, uh, we've all done a little bit of mindfulness training. We've all done a little bit of reading, you know, the, the teachings of, uh, of the Buddha. Uh, and we also know uh, that uh, there are lots of conversations that have gone off on their own tangent, you know, from a, from a single source. But the notion that all things are first created in the mind and soul and then created in the world is, leads to another question. What is it that creates that creation in the mind? Uh, where does that come from? And in terms of, of listening and, and judging behaviors and, and how we speak and what we feel was a successful interaction or one that was not so successful, in many instances, that's the instant feedback that we're getting, kind of like a weather report. It's 86 degrees out, clear skies, uh, sun is shining, and the wind is rustling through the leaves, okay? So in terms of having a, a, a capital S self, it relies less on the outward information telling you how you're doing and less on being pleased or satisfied with your own performance and more on being kind of a curious mind and very inquisitive about what's the nature of life, what's the nature of living, what's the possibility of, of you know, in the, as Deepak Chopra says, in the field of all possibilities, where do you want to go, you know, with your life today? And so that is a present conversation. That is one that is ongoing in the moment that you're actually engaging it. So having said that, um, I, I find it kind of an interesting place to go back to when I notice that things seem to be not working, where instead of power, it seems more like force. It seems like uh, instead of, of creating something with partnership, that there's something being pushed against that either somebody is not saying out loud or, or saying too much about it out loud. So I said all of that so that you would have the thoughts that you're now having and find out who wants to share next. All right, Kelly, uh, Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, Shelly, Michelle, whatever. Bye, Bo Belly. Yeah, he's right. Um, so it kind of all flows together because you know it was. I'm in a really good space, but the 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 journey here, right? It ebbs and flows, and Lisa, I am so with you on when's the right thing, when's the right time to say something, and then when I say something, is it too much? And you know, what I have been very present to over the past week, um, with several events leading up to one another, and then just kind of 
falling where they need to fall. And the presence is, I have great awareness and I'm, I'm an emotional being. Some people are all in their heads and, and whatnot, but you know, I have that awareness, but what my second guess place is my intuition. I, it's very strong, but I always, I don't always, I have in the past, like doubted that. Like, okay, okay, this is what it's telling me, but what if over here or something is pulling me over there? Uh, usually someone who needs caring, who needs something from and really listening to my intuition, not from a knee jerk reaction as to, ah, I can't do that. But like, okay, let me just see what this looks like. Um, and then being very um, self-aware and more for me is really tapping into I call it self-worth because I sell out on myself and I have for many years. So tapping into that intuition, listening to it and not, you know, making it, I'm listening to my intuition, but just like letting it come out and show me that I just need to listen to it more often because when I allow that to happen, things work out the way they should. Now that doesn't mean I like them but they always work out the way they should. And, you know, like, like you said, Bill, you know, you kind of just have to, when the opportunity is, whether you say too much and maybe you need to retract it, 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 you just kind of got to let it go. Um, And that's kind of what happened to me last week. I was um, interviewing for a team, a, a position And before they made their decisions, I opted to withdraw my application because I knew as to some of your points, it was, there was too much force inside of that. It was gripping me. It was creating anxiety. It was doing all these things. And I'm like, okay, maybe if I wait for the offer and it's good enough, I will take it. And I'm like, no, I know that this is not right. Now I haven't done that before. So I just withdrew my application. And I cannot tell you the amount of space that it created for me to be inside of what is important. Um, Just, I had a great first day back. Um, So I I guess it's not so much um, the surroundings because I'm very aware of all that, but it's really listening to me. And to, to your question, the soul is what drives the mind. It's just a matter of how we choose to listen to it and then what we let get in the way. Connection. That's what I have been experiencing. Yes. And who's next? Thank you. I feel like I'm on the couch, so I want Ken to go. Oh, not in a bad way, in a good way. Okay, I was speaking from from me. I didn't, you know, that's No, no. I just want to say, I mean, it's my lifelong quest to experience life from that point, from the point of essence and not. Yeah. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I guess that, you know, one of the things that's always interesting, and it's a, a question that a lot of, if you become aware that there's a possibility of the question of, who, who am I choosing to be, you know, in whatever circumstances there are in my life? Um, you know, so for example, if you choose to be someone who's assertive and, you know, kind of uh, taking a position and, you know, staking ground, especially advocating for a cause, which we see a lot of, that's who you choose to be. And that's going to influence mm-hmm. the conversations you have and the lens that you filter it through. Whereas if you choose to live life from a place of grace and balance and not taking it personally, that's going to influence everything that happens. If you choose to do no harm and stay laid back and, you know, not make any waves, that's another option, you know? Um, And what's, what's interesting. One of the things that uh, was shared with me was to, be open to the possibility of all those things being appropriate at various points, even in one conversation. So, you know, and there are times where you're in what's called a balanced point of awareness, 50% listening, 50% kind of, uh, let's say speaking or, you know, being active. And, you know, so now you're kind of in that place of, won't it be interesting to see what happens? You know, and then there's other times where it's 70% listening, 30% kind of contribution, and then vice versa. So wouldn't it be interesting if you're in dialogue with someone and they're 70% assertive and you're 70% assertive? Now you have the potential for tension. But if you go to 70% listening, like receiving, now you actually are focused on dynamically achieving balance and being aware of how that can change back and forth. In martial arts, it's called push hands. Like the idea of push hands is to maintain mm-hmm. contact and the correct amount of tension. So you have to, you can't just yield all the time, but you can't just push all the time. You become sensitive to the other person that you're working with. And, you know, when you get really good at it, 
it can go for a really long time. You can really challenge each other, but it's dynamic and it's engaging and it's fun and it's skillful. And when it breaks, now it's figuring out what broke it so that you become more skillful so you can keep it going even longer. So, you know, so it's kind of a perspective of it's not an either or, it's a both and all what, you know, who, who you choose to be, you know. Bunch of thoughts while you're speaking, Ken, and especially as it pertains to Lisa's share of when to say something and when not to. Um, that's that dichotomy of, of two choices, either this or that. And what life is about is being able to generate ongoing possibilities in the face of it seems like there's only two, two ways to go. And I would submit that whatever comes up to you as a two-way is your uh, undistinguished uh, past speaking to you in terms of what worked out and what didn't work out. It's just a, a low-level programming that basically says, I can do this or I can do this, and most people stop there. But the real training in life, as Ken is saying, is to create a dance and not have one response or the other response, but to see that that's what your natural thrownness is, to either this or that, and then start asking a question in place of having a response. If you lead out with a question in almost every single circumstance, no matter how tense it is or how laid back it is, that will almost never take it to another, you know, like a DEFCON 3 going to DEFCON 5, right? More often than not, asking the question gives people the opportunity to interrupt their own thinking and now take a look and take inventory in terms of what would be the appropriate response to the question. And sometimes the question is just as, as simple as, what would you like to see happen? And if things went the way that you'd like to see them, what kind of outcomes do you predict? You know, those kinds of open-end questions that will allow people to step back from a position momentarily and reassess whether or not there's a new way to, you know, to address the, the situation. So um, in, the, in the push hands that you're talking about, Ken, a successful outcome is a length of time that uh, neither person is, is yielding or, or failing, right? Uh, so if, if, it's a, if it's a dance and the, and the game, you know, you set up the rules to the game so that in that case, everybody knows the rules and they can choose to either win or lose. But if everybody loses because one person loses, then that's an unacceptable outcome in game theory. So... What we're talking about in life is that if you can gamify your experience of life such that it is not being processed as, as the truth or a test of your truth, but it is an experience for you to sit back and say, is it real? Is it true? And start asking the questions that will allow you to identify whether it is something that should be uh, talked about or addressed or another, you know, another question asked. So I'm curious, um, and one of the things that I've noticed is when I am not able to distance myself from a, a very meaningful, significant conversation at which, you know, at my core level, I know that there are great stakes at risk here. You know, people, people can die, people can lose millions of dollars, you know, all those sorts of things. And sometimes um, the training that I got when I was in my 30 was, to just plain ask a question when it came down to negotiating an outcome or making a decision. If you make a bad decision, will anybody die? 
if you make a bad decision, will anybody lose their job or a significant, you know, income? And though, so like there's this descending thing so that you finally get to it, it's almost laughable. If you make a bad decision, is it possible you can share that as an outcome and have people understand that you're human? You know, so all of these things have to do with, you know, the underlying training that's there. And a martial artist, you've been doing this for 30 years, Ken? Mm -hmm. Yep. Ish. And all of you have been doing what we've been doing. And the main thing is, is, is I want to just point to, if I may, the difference between uh, intellectual training uh, and what we, what we like to call knowledge in terms of the things that we remember. And then more of a, of a, a physical um, training, which means that there's muscle memory, that there's, there's memory in the cells of your body, each individual cell has a place that it recognizes what's happened before. And in, in that particular instance, um, if more people are listening to see whether or not they are understanding the other people speaking, then by the time the silence goes away, there's going to be a really cool next sentence in nine out of 10 instances in my experience. As long as people are not sitting there just waiting their turn you know, to say something, yes. which is really not a conversation. It is, you know, it's a monologue, right? So saying that in, in the experience of feeling stress over a decision or a potential, you know, not making the decision and living with being in that state for a period of time, there's always the possibility to make a decision not to make a decision, which is a powerful decision because Shelly, what you basically did is, is you said, I'm taking this off the table. I'm not going to play this round. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it next round, but, but today this just doesn't feel right to me. It's not lining up with my head, my heart and my gut. And, and, I may not be able to put my finger on it right, right at a particular time or have a solution to offer as a next step, but no, I'm going to sit this one out. And I think that's a very powerful decision to make. And I appreciate you sharing that. That's an important caveat <clears throat> to all of this. You, you have this, you reserve your own sovereignty. You can, you can bow out, you know, so someone, you can listen all you want. And if they're coming from a place that mm -hmm. does not feel comfortable to you, you know, then it's just being strong enough. I used, I struggled with that a lot. You know, I would, you know, people would overstep and kind of, you know, I kind of lose myself in their issues, you know, because I was afraid that I wasn't being a good person if I wasn't supportive and listening, Yes. you know, but the reality of it is they also have a responsibility. So if you say, I'm not comfortable with where this conversation is go, I'm, I'm removing myself from it. If they blow up, you know, that's about them. That's about them not being in a healthy place and you may not be able to help them no matter what you do. So, you know, so there is that part of it, you know, you see that in martial arts, someone's being too aggressive. They feel unsafe to you. You don't have to stand there and get hurt, you know, disengage, <laughs> you know, in a real situation, you can't always do that, but in practice, that's important, you know, important skill not to lose sight of and lose yourself. So. Yeah, it's the Stephen Covey, Covey go, uh, why would you ever settle for a compromise? You know, the definition of which is an outcome for which everyone is equally unhappy. <laughs> when, when you could go for win-win, and the win-win is that, you know, that's out on the skinny branches of, I don't know how we're going to get there, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and let's keep talking, okay? Yeah. 
And then if there's no ground being made and somebody's decided that they're really not going to play that game, then the answer to that is, is no deal. Okay. Agree to disagree. We yep. agree to disagree, yeah. but it's no deal. We're either going for win-win. That means where we're both wildly ecstatic about what we've created here because it works so well for everybody involved. Or let's just say no deal right now. Let's just not, let's not settle for something that's less than the best that we can come up with together. Very well said. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Lisa, in terms of your uh, experience over the last week, week and a half, I want to report to you, this might be the first time that I've ever seen you in anything less than like completely out of your skin, happy with being live. Not <laughs> saying that you. you're not. <laughs> However... Have you suffered a little bit in the last week and a half? Have I suffered? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah. It, it was a it, it was a trying time, and I said accented by the garage. You know, it was like like I said, the major exclamation point. But I, um, I, I don't even know if it's easy to describe. I mean, because I like to joke too. Like the world would be a better place if everybody realized that I'm always right. You know. <laughs> I think that's a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> So when I try to enforce my rightness, sometimes it, it can get uh, a little bit wrong pretty quickly. But I also, you know, I, and I accept my talents sometimes, or I'm trying to identify some of my talents, which I think discernment is one of them. Yes. And and so if if I can look at a situation and discern what what is the correct avenue, and I try to share that with people, and it and it doesn't go over well or it's not followed it um you know and that's where i get a roadblock of do i say more or do i back off kind of thing so so the the, the kind of um governor for whether you say more or back off is is the level of your internal commitment you know we all have a commitment to many many different things in the world and sometimes the commitment in the conversation isn't to the completion of the idea that you want to get across. There's a stronger commitment to that, which is either to avoid something or to not be a participant in something that may, but almost always, you know, in my experience and with the, some of the smart people that I've talked to, is that if you're unwilling to say something that's strong on your mind, that you really feel, you know, strongly about, uh, and you, you, if you can take the time and language it in terms of your commitment, as opposed to the, the nature of being right, okay? Human beings stay alive because we have to be right about either fighting or, or running away, you know, that, according to, uh, to Freud. But, but the point is, is that when you're in this situation, if you have the ability to say, if we, if we work at this a few more minutes, we may be able to come up with something where I understand you better because I don't think I do right now, which is why I'm not sure if I should say something or not. That makes sense? I just got the big hit too, to, to, I mean, so many teachers will say to, you know, step back and look at the bigger picture. So, I mean, it's, it's something that, that I should... Yeah. I, well, maybe. Isn't that a little bit like telling a, a woman, you know, not to be upset? <laughs> well, it's, Only a, if it's spoken by a man. <laughs> okay. There's, there's a, there's a, uh, a Tibetan expression that's kind of like, 
a view set point, you just ask yourself a question. Will I today, will I be more like the sky or will I be more like the clouds that come and go? You know, what perspective are you going to take? You know, and if you're looking at someone, even when there's a lot of energy coming towards, towards you and you have that sky mind, you're choosing an expanded perspective. How did they get here? What could be going on in their life? What are the patterns that led them to this? Who will they be on the other side of this? Now, it's not your little mind trying to solve a big problem. It's your sky mind. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm observing, you know, a moment in time with a much broader perspective, you know, from which to operate. So I always found that question helpful. So whatever the metaphor is, okay, and and Lisa, this is very powerful because if, if stepping back and seeing the big picture works for you, that's, that's all that matters, you know, uh, and, you know, Ken is kind of adding a little bit more uh, flavor and, and uh, you know, aroma to it, you know, in terms of, 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 of old teachings. But the, the, the kind of um, interesting thing is, how do you get alerted that you're too close and stuck? As opposed to just having an emotional feeling and I don't know about y'all, but there's sometimes when I'm having an emotional feeling, I'm neither willing to give it up, nor mm-hmm. am I willing to be enlightened about the subject, okay? <laughs> you know, and just screw it. I'm going to get this done or, you know, one of us is going to be dead by the end of this conversation, you know, that, that sort of thinking. However, that's not what comes out. It usually comes out with, um, I, didn't we do this last time too? Isn't this kind of the same place we ended up with the last conversation about this, you know? And... So the whole idea is, unfortunately, the bad news is, is the key to, you know, getting, getting out of jail or getting out of hell is almost always pulling yourself there one way or another. And if there's a habit or something that you can train yourself to do so that you listen to yourself, listen very powerfully. And I, I, I'll say that again, because you will at, at times 
be able to hear something that's running in your head and you think it's your thoughts and mostly it isn't. What if it, it, what if it isn't your, your thoughts? What if you start to listen to that voice that's saying certain things, not like this is my mind and my soul speaking to me, but what if it isn't? What if, what if this is what it always tells me when I'm in circumstances like this? What if I were to, to sustain my activity here? What if I were to ask a next open end question, swallow hard and be ready for whatever comes back? I mean, it's, it might be, uh, you know, like playing tennis against uh, Martina Navratilova or somebody like that when you really just picked up a racket for the first time. However, when you step onto a court with somebody like that, you immediately have their respect. You might have their disbelief as well, but you immediately have their respect. So I don't know if that's helpful or useful, but I'm curious, do you have a way that you are notified you know, when your automatic way of handling something is not giving you a way out of dodge? Are you asking me specifically? Or anybody who anybody? wants to, but you, you in specific since you asked, yes. <laughs> When, more or less, are you saying like when I'm not in alignment with the big S? It, it might even be um, a more visceral than that. Do you ever get angry? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. I, I mean, I get the the um, blood right to my head. So let's talk about that state of being and how do you talk yourself back in from that? Do you have an automatic way to respond to it or? Is there something you know that 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 you that you can do, or is it kind of like um, new ground for you to look into and see what's you know what's possible? I think it's newer ground because I tear I tend to be a non-confrontational person. Right. So it's it's an area that I am not well versed in, and but more situations are happening. Thank you to my teacher, the universe that is making me take notice more often of it. So, I mean, I'm genuinely grateful for this conversation because I um, need to know, you know, to have it pointed out and have resolutions from all pr different perspectives of, of the three of you is, is greatly helpful. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there is no fortune cookie here. Uh, the, the the you know if you open the fortune cookie and you look at it it's blank and what it's saying to you is your struggle is your struggle you know that is the one that the buddhists say no matter where you go there you are and you know quite frankly the very biggest thing to fight against in terms of the the whole uh buddhist philosophy is the fixed nature and static unyielding uh, pressure that you create on yourself by that undistinguished self. Did I say that correctly, Ken? Yeah, it's the, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, the three, the three paths, you know, which is just kind of asleep and unaware, and then, you know, the middle path where you're actively participating in the world and awaken to it, you know, it's usually, you know, the Four Noble Truths are all about, it's our, 
you know, our attachments and our expectations that are the root causes of suffering, just to paraphrase them. So, you know, but those are all human. They're, they're human things to experience. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, any intense sensation, whether it's a thought, good or bad, a feeling, love or hate, anger, joy, um, or in your body, intense pleasure, intense pain, they're just signals, you know, for that you can become aware of. That's what I choose to do. It's just, well, what is that? That's interesting. I'm paying attention now, <laughs> you know? So now instead of floating in the world, you're like, you know, I mean, if something hurts, there's a reason, you know, if something feels really good. You should probably be aware of that too, you know? So, and then, you know, but on the other side of it, I think where we get stuck is that space between who's, who's in charge now, you know, what is the, you know, you have the, the recognition, the awareness, maybe it's jarred into being, but who do you choose to be and what do you choose to do? You know, I mean, I can get angry and punch someone in the throat. That's <laughs> would not be a healthy, you know, especially, you know, I've, I've had some training. So, you know, reacting violently in any situation is not really <laughs> an option that I choose to consider unless it's, you know, life threatening, you know, and even then I want to, I want to be a little bit, you know, uh, as, as graceful and balanced as and appropriate as I can, you know. That's, that's a little different than the way your teacher uh, language is it. Yeah. <laughs> you push me to that yeah. point. What you get is all of me. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's Ideas, the life threat. it that quickly. Yeah. That's, that is a different, that's a switch that you flip yeah. in extreme circumstance. That, that would be the equivalent of a mom seeing their child running out into the parking lot with a car coming. There's no time to be graceful. You need to stop that kid you know, yeah, you can feel it in my energy, just getting that's, that is, that is a distinct, you know, line that you cultivate and cross, but the, the, the practice is not doing it for everything. And, you know, it's just people that erupt, you know, at other people, they're just on edge and they just blow up at the slightest provocation. You know, this is about, you know, developing a very strong rigor, discipline and discernment so that only comes out in the extreme. But yeah, when it's time, it's it's time. <laughs> and you do, you get all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Again, only one person gets to vote on that. You almost never go out and take a poll. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, nope. <laughs> or you utter something to them in Korean that, that sounds a little something like, I salute you who are about to die, you know? Yeah. I remember someone telling me as a, as a martial artist, you kind of end up serving a lot of times as judge, jury, and executioner. You know, so someone does something and, you know, you decide to break their leg, you know, you just sentence them to six months of being in a cast and immobility and pain. And there is no due process there. It was just you making that decision. So that's a tremendous amount of responsibility, you know, if you, if, if you live a, a life of being appropriate and respectful of the skills you're cultivating, yes. you know, so when we used to run around back in the day, this is after, after college. And before I met my wife, I hung around with, uh, with, with four guys, uh, that were larger than me. I mean, uh, the, the biggest one was, was about 290 pounds and, uh, and, and six foot, uh, eight. Uh, and then there was one man that was probably 150 pounds and, and five foot eight. And he happened to be at the time, like a, like a, a, a third, third done, uh, you know, a black belt. And we had him with, with us because you know that old saying in a bar 
when you start the fight, you go jump on the biggest guy and, and, and try to take him out first. <laughs> well, what, what Jim did, what Jim would get in between them and he would basically say, um, you can step away from this right now and it's not going to upset the rest of your day or the rest of your week or possibly the rest of your month. And he just would be very calm about it. But if anybody ever took him up on it and threw a, a punch at him, he would catch their fist and he would crank it around until they were on the floor crying for their mother. You know, no matter how big they were, once you grab somebody's thumb and start bending it the wrong way, for some reason you get their attention. So, you know, the being skilled at, uh, you know, at where to hit, how to hit, all those kinds of things. There's a lot of pressure points on the body that can immobilize somebody and, and they'll be on the ground and you won't have to, you know, actually swing at their head or those, as you well know, Ken. So, no, he was a good, he was a good guy. He was a designated um, uh, peacekeeper. So good to have those. Yeah, it is. It is. Blessed are the peacekeepers, for they keep the rest of us out of jail. So where we are right now, Lisa, I'm just going to take your temperature for a minute based on how you were feeling when you came on the call and how you're feeling right now. Would you say you're better, the same, or worse? Oh, much better. Okay. Much better. Thank you all. Cool. All we're doing Stick is... We're just talking. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> so a suggestion for you, you know, that one of the things of, uh, you know, like who wants to be a millionaire, you know, where you ask the audience uh, or you phone a friend uh, or, or those kinds of things. Those are very, very smart things to do when you notice that you're at an impasse in terms of being uh, clear about the next powerful action that you can take. And it might be one that is returning force with force this might be where you kind of step back and a lot of people have a wingman or a wing uh, is there such a thing as a wing woman or are they all wingmen I, I don't know but the, the point is is that wing person wing person yes okay so when when people are are going to be in in a situation where there's potential conflict it's always smart to have somebody else there who knows you well or if if you're in a situation where you can always defer any action until later on. You've had an opportunity to speak to somebody who you know, like, like, and trust, and, and you know that they're always going to give you advice that's good for you. So <clears throat> I, I, from, a, from a, a place to go and be, you know we're never more than seven days away from this conversation, if that's useful. I do. And all that said, and you also know that you can you can call any one of us at any particular time of day and give away whatever struggle you're you're having in the moment, because almost always it's going to be something that is much more acute to your experience of it than is actually going on in the world, with with, with some exceptions. But for the most part, it might be something that you could have a little transformation activity and then be laughing about you know a few minutes later. Definitely. Maybe not, but, you know, give it a shot. <laughs> Always. Yeah, the other thing that just kind of struck me as you were talking, Bill, is all the, the, the best athletes I know, when, when something goes wrong, they don't beat themselves up over it. They try to recreate the circumstance and practice it the way they would want it to go in yeah. the future. And that, that's always been a very valuable thing, thinking in terms of, you know, the less – quantifiable our relationships our own responses to situations and thinking we can go back and recreate this in our own mind and we can reinvent it 
by you know practicing new ways. So I got angry and I and I said something I really regret. Well, what would I have said instead? And let me replay the conversation, you know, and and actually reprogram so that you instill better habits for the next time. That's how those athletes all get good because the next time a similar situation comes up, they're just more skillful. You know, Buddhism, they talk about that. It's, there's no good or bad, skillful, less skillful. Just your, you know, and if you're less skillful, guess what? You have the, the ability to become more skillful through intentional practice, you know? Here yeah. comes another lesson. <laughs> well, visualization. The nature, the nature of life, right? Yeah. Really? Deepak Chopra, you know, the visualization, um, even, you know, I pulled, you know, this journey of my intuition and, and my struggles, Lisa, have been, you know, I really took them on at the beginning of the year and little light bulbs have gone off. And, you know, this past week was, was a much bigger bulb for me because it, it was, it was all this culmination of things coming into, in, you know, to my action. And actually, you know, being able to visualize how I was going to be. And along the way, I've just taken sticky notes. And if you can see the wall behind me, um, every time I hear a quote that resonates or that brings me closer to, you know, yeah, that's how I, I want to be and what, what not necessarily how, how I want to be, but how I would like to respond and, and things brought to my brain. Bill was saying, um, you know, call somebody. And in a lot of times in those moments, I'm like, I cannot even like fathom trying to put this into words. But one of my sticky notes is, you know, <laughs> and you know, it's one of those that I, it's right here. Um, you know, every master was once a disaster. Um, you know, persistent, consistent. So just little things that have been dripping into me or breadcrumbing for the past, you know, eight months. That's and great. It, it's, it, you know, but, but again, it's also, right, it's, it's a who do I want to be? And visualizing gives us those scenarios with actually not having to be in them. Like, we know how this is going to go if I do this let's not visualize that let's let's go over here and if i were to actually respond and that's almost like something dripping into your dna and into the new way of how you're going to respond in the future and how you would like to and um i don't mind sharing this with you guys and whoever else is listening but um part of my journey was with a therapist um just from no no trauma but just a, a sense of self right and, you know, today she was like, oh, you're settling into the new you quite well. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow, like, you know, I feel even though scenarios over the past week could have been, you know, not traumatic, but just uneasy um, because there were also instances in family and relationships that you just take a different place. And it's that push push pull and I never thought about it that way but that is totally that brings the balance and it's 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 never like here but it's just back and forth and when we let go of having to be that push all the time or right all the time that allows for that balance no matter where it ends 
to be present. And um, which in my mind allows a lot of freedom for that conversation or that scenario to then get to where it can be, where it needs to go. So that, that's kind of what I, I just wanted to share. It's, it's, you know, nuggets along the way and, um, and everybody responds and it, at least you've been doing a lot of work for many years and Ken, it's just who you are. Um, so I, you know, the, even these little nuggets, um, you know, noon on Wednesdays is just kind of like, okay, it's, you know, my contribution, but also I want little nuggets and be able to kind of put them into my own, um, you know, journey. So. And oh, by the way, you are, you really are who you're supposed to be. If you met me 30 years ago, I was a obnoxious, selfish jerk with a serious temper. Like I started martial arts cause I had issues with anger, you know? So it's just all, you know, practice and yeah, creating your habits and, you know, and deciding and it's not easy, you know, it's kind of simple, but it's far from easy. Yeah. And, and <laughs> that's what life is. It is simple, but we create the, you know, kind of things along the way. It's not meant to be easy, but it's yeah. so, so I just want to share that. I like it. One last uh, <clears throat> metaphor that uh, if you engage in every conversation as an adult, as possibility conversation, there always has to be an adult in the conversation for it to be adult. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about it, you know, what's really comical and funny about that is, is that most of the conversations that are not working are coming from a very young age. We're talking about folks that, um, you know, Again, we have the kind of uh, culture worldwide that doesn't demand a whole hell of a lot more than you, what you get by the time you're 12 years old. And if you stop and think about that, you know, your brain doesn't start uh, grow, growing and getting wrinkles in it, you know, for the whole rest of your life. But it, its mass is pretty well set by the age of 25 or 26-ish, which means by at the age of 12, you have all these behavioral uh, ticks and habits that are just totally inappropriate for adults. And if you want to have some fun, <laughs> put a sticky note on the wall to listen for when the conversation is somewhat less than adult. <laughs> what age are you? Yeah, what age is the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea with all of this is to remain awake, to remain purposeful, and to never confuse, you know, your uh, your commitment with, with, with the innate desire of a human being. <coughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> oh, interesting observation just on the awake thing. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, to meet some pretty cool people um, who've done a lot of work over, you know, half a century plus you know, in these environments and, you know, it just kind of the very little amount of social media you hear a lot of times about being woke or someone saying, wake up. The real people that I've met never refer to themselves as being awake and they never tell anyone else to wake up. So it's just, you know, be a little vigilant about who, who you're receiving information regarding this. Um, 
because it's it's really easy to talk about, but the I don't know all the legit people that I've met never refer to that in that way. It's just a process of who they choose to be in the world, you know. So, just an interesting observation because it seems part of the culture and the language right now, and it's I find it curious. Yeah, the uh, the the, the uh, being awake as a uh, state of being is a lot more like being of a curious mind, okay? As opposed to always having an answer for every question, be open to the possibility that the same question has a multitude of different answers. So there's never a, a need to have memorized your script so that you can you know, go lifelessly through a set of circumstances and come out okay on the other side. The, the whole idea of playing fully out, you know, as a human being means that you're ready, willing, and able to grow like a weed, no matter what your, your, your physical age is. Yep. And again, most people who say that they're awake or woke, uh, they're not. It's, it's yeah. pretty low level code to get you to agree with something that they're saying, because if you don't agree, then what's wrong with you? Uh, I, I think it's, it, it is, I, I think it's good that the, the, they're thinking about it. The, it's out there. There's conversation. You know, I mean, a big part of it is just being aware that it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So now at least you can start the process of finding out what that actually means. And, you know, just, I don't know, you think about things that we said as teenagers, <laughs> and then you look back like a decade later, you're like, oh my God, how could I think that way? <laughs> so we're all, you know, with new things, we're all, we all go through our teenage phase you know, and then you just hope that you kind of outgrow it and you mature as you have experiences and meet people or attract people, whatever it is, you know, that can help you, you know, evolve. Yeah. So um, I was just calling attention to the idea that many people develop distinctions that they can keep other people in the dark about just so they can say you're not that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that, you really want to be on your guard. Those are the, the people you want to spend zero to no time with whatsoever, because there's no conversation for anything. It's always a conversation um, that's, in my opinion, that is leading to the same place over and over and over again, just different words as, 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 as time goes by. So anyhow, I really appreciate everybody's openness today, and we're at the top of the hour. And Lisa, you know, I got to tell you, you're the only one that backed into a garage door in the last week. And thank you for, you know, kind of fessing up to that. That really set the stage here for a lot of things that we could, we could share with you, Andy. Yeah, thank you for hearing. <laughs> you're our friend. Absolutely. So any parting words, Lisa? Um, actually, I, I found a, a poem by the most recent saying of his name is Hafiz, um, a, a, a mystic uh, poet. I think he was in the 1300s. But um, and in regards to like accepting all of you, kind of thing, like the new discovery of Shelley with you know her brave intuition and and Ken saying to involved you know to look at all of yourself and and then you bill saying remember there's the child all those children inside you so this is called dropping keys the small woman builds cages for everyone she knows while the sage who has to duck her head when the moon is low 
keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful rowdy prisoner. That's great. Nice. That's cool. Thank you, Lisa. Yes. Shelly? Um, just, you know, be, be, be present. And, and what I got out of this is, is ask questions, open-ended questions. Um, because as you were saying, there's a million different right answers. Mm. Mm -hmm. What if? Yeah, absolutely. Good to see your face. I've missed you. I've missed you too. <laughs> All right. Anything else? <clears throat> I'm good. Thank you. All right. You are, aren't you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Ken? Uh, well, we did, we, there's a lot of yin today, so I'll, I'll leave with a yang quote that <laughs> I just found really awesome. It was from a business guy named Keith Cunningham. He wrote The Road Less Stupid and ah. very successful guy. Yeah, it's an awesome book, awesome business okay. book. Um, but he, I was listening to an interview with him. And he was talking about um, just his kind of the way he approaches relationships in his life. And his quote was, I wrote it down, I refuse to lower my standards to accommodate your need for mediocrity. <laughs> it was like, yeah. So it was just kind of one of those, you're talking about boundaries and stuff. And that was like definitive. That one stuck with me. So, so I'll leave with that. That's awesome. <laughs> Good post-it note one. Uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's kind of interesting, uh, I guess as a way out the door for me, I, I'm going to go back to I, uh, one, of, one of the great philosophers in my life, uh, Bucky Fuller. Uh, he's talking about the, the, the proof for love and the proof for, for gravity. And what's very interesting about both of these things is we have no question that they exist and love and gravity are like energies and neither one casts a shadow. Love binds the metaphysical world as gravity binds the physical world. So when we have the opportunity, uh, this is Bill speaking, when we have the opportunity to, to love and we review the sameness between love and light and hate and dark, being being the same please choose love always and everywhere in any situation that's not working if you bring love to the conversation i believe you'll get out and you'll probably create something that wasn't there before and that's what i got for today it's a pleasure being with you again and looking forward to seeing you next week and i think vanessa's tooth good lord willing will be better by then and she'll be back with us again but yeah. in the meantime, thank you all for coming. Have a wonderful rest of the week. And uh, I do love you. Enjoy all. You've been listening to Lighting the Candle, a world that works. Part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can hear us at exvadio.com slash podcasts, Apple Podcasts app, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.